All right, friends, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and side hustlers, for all of you who have someday dreamt of going from entrepreneur, startup, side hustler to eventually becoming a real CEO and actually creating you know, a business that runs itself, that increases its value, we've got a special guest on for you today. We've got Dina Patton, who is a coaching and uh, really kind of the, the back-end uh, foundation of successful CEOs across this country. So she's the owner and founder of Dina Patton Coaching and Training. Uh, she's been an elite uh, business and mindset coach for the last 20 years. She's worked with thousands of world-changing, purpose-driven entrepreneurs to help them become a great CEO as they build their business, revenue impact, and leadership. She helps business owners to transform three key areas we're going to talk about today of business, from good to great, CEO leadership, and mindset branding, marketing, sales, elevation, and internal systems. So a lot of key areas that we're going to go over today. Uh, some more background. She sold her first business in New York City in 1999. She helped to build uh, that tech company until 2001. Then after 9-11 happened, she became the spokesperson for the 9-11 project in collaboration with the Pentagon and New York City Mayor's Office in 2001. She opened her coaching and training company and has coached thousands of entrepreneurs and has inspired over 150 audiences around the globe with her keynote speaking and retreats. Uh, she's garnered eight business awards and over 60 media stories, including CNN, Entrepreneur Magazine, First Women, NBC, and Business Journal. Her number one Amazon best-selling book, The Greatness Game, which I'm going to be buying today, inspires entrepreneurs to shift from playing smallness games to playing greatness games. Dina believes that mental toughness, we're going to talk a lot about that today, and a greatness mindset are the most important and fundamental skill sets for success, no matter what industry you're in. Dina, man, I'm really excited to ask you a lot of great questions today. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. I'm ready. I'm excited about being here. Well, perfect. Well, let's kind of start with the, you know, the beginning here when as you're going, you know, through childhood and, and getting into your career, what is it that kind of leads you down that path of entrepreneurship? What are some of the key events that made you realize, you know what, there's something to being your own boss, there's something to you know, having the freedom to decide your own destiny. What were some of those key events that led you to entrepreneurship? You know, I had a lot of dreams. And, um, you know, when you're young, I think you can jump off the cliff <laughs> a lot easier than when you're 50. And, um, you know, at 21, I jumped off my first cliff and 22. And I just thought, you know, the freedom and the excitement um, of doing, playing your own game was really exciting for me. And I wasn't scared of risk. That was one of, you know, again, at 21, I think <laughs> that's to your advantage. But I um, actually went to school for film 
and was really thought I was going to have a whole uh, life and career in film. I still love film, but um, I dreamt of moving to New York City and running my own production company. And at 21, I moved to New York City and um, it, it changed a little bit. You know, once I got there, got into the entertainment industry, what I actually fell in love with, which was it's similar to film, is the, it's the storytelling. And um, I can look back at every single thing I've ever done. And there's an element of storytelling to it that I think is really magical and powerful. So in film, you're telling stories, but in PR and marketing, you're telling people stories. And I actually started working for a PR and marketing company in New York City for the entertainment industry and thought, I can do this. So I started my own agency in PR and marketing and um, really served uh, film, Broadway, and TV industry for a few years. And um, at 27, I sold that business. And that that became a, uh, actually, it was the first year of the internet. <laughs> so... <laughs> tell my age a little bit, but got a knock on the door and said, there's something coming and it's called the internet and it's going to put you out of business. And I thought, you know what, this is a great time to sell. And, um, I sold, I was able to negotiate me and my employees to go on to that tech company because here's the thing, when something innovates, if you're not on that train, you lose out. And nobody was on that train. Nobody knew this world of the internet. And I thought, you know, this is a really good opportunity to get paid a lot of money to be inside of this thing called a startup. And um, I was director of marketing there for a year. We went global, um, got 70,000 paid um, members in the first year, which was pretty unheard of in the first That's year. <laughs> and, um, you know, I got all that inspiration and wisdom and um, started this business a year later and as I've been doing it ever since and I've never worked for someone ever again. Well, that's fascinating. So how long were you working at a dig digital kind of a, a, a PR firm marketing agency before you said, all right, I've got this figured out. I can do it better. I can create better solutions for my clients. I'm going to go and start my own. Uh, three years. So about three years. And what gave you the courage to be like, hey, I'm ready. But age 24, it sounds like, and I'm going to dive off the deep end and, and start this. And, and a uh, few quick questions. How did you fund it? How did you, you know, know that you had the right solutions to, to compete in the marketplace at 24? Yeah. And in New York city and in and yeah. before the internet, you know, it was all word of mouth. So, you know, I had, I had a good reputation, which, you know, knowing yourself and what, who you are, your integrity, um, the results I was producing, People liked and trusted me and it wasn't with the company I was working with. They trusted me. And yeah. so, you know, there was a couple clients that said, you know, if you ever went on your own, give me a call. And, you know, when people say that it kind of gives you that courage to jump off that cliff. And so that I self-funded it um, before I had employees, it was just me and the trust and the reputation um, and I'll tell you, I mean, it, it was a lot of hustle. It was a lot of 14, 15 hour days, which did catch up to me. 
Um, but managing your capacity when you're, you know, a, a young entrepreneur, a, a new founder, you just maybe left corporate and now you're starting your thing. Those hours, you know, it can really pull on you. So I would just say, side note, be aware of that self-care, that CEO self-care that is really oh. important, especially in those first two years. But, you know, I'd say that trust my brand, who I was, my integrity, my reputation. And I'll tell you, you know, back then, New York didn't, we didn't have the internet. Um, the New York Times was really the thing. If you it, were- It was gospel back then. You were go- it was gospel. They All the way over here in Utah it was. Yeah. Um, so, th- you know, there wasn't a lot of innovation when it came to marketing back then. It just was, if you were in the New York Times, like that was gold. And we can't think like that. We have to think out of the box. There were so many other things that we could have done, which I did, which is why, you know, people knocked on my door and said, I want to buy your business. Um, So that, you know, all those things put together. And again, back to my personality, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have, is that excitement of jumping off the cliff. Like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen. It was exciting. And so in a very short period of time, you start to hire employees, you're building up this business, this brand. And how does it come about that uh, people are not literally knocking on your door to buy it? So it sounds like you weren't proactively trying to market, hey, I want to sell my business. Like it just kind of came along organically. It did. And, you know, I in all these years I've been an entrepreneur, I've heard so many stories like this. When you do something well someone says, you know what, I want to invest in that, or I want to own that. And they buy that out. Um, It happened actually to my aunt who owned a beautiful bed and breakfast and someone who stayed there who said, I'm not leaving. I want to buy this place, you know, and she wasn't in the market either. I think when you have integrity, when you are doing something really, really well, people say, I want that. But I'll tell you what happened to me in that scenario And this goes to my love of systems and why we need systems in our business um, for a hundred reasons. But I had the only part of my marketing strategy was I had the only magazine in New York City that covered everything on uh, everything um, entertainment Mm. in New York City. There was nothing like that. So New York, uh, the New York Times, they covered a lot of Broadway, a lot of Broadway. <laughs> that about it, oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. So off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, comedy, dance, all these hundreds of shows, entertainment, things, events, was there was no platform for it. And one of the things that I'm really great at is seeing opportunities, And I saw the opportunity thinking, why is everybody putting the eggs on in New York Times? Why why aren't we creating another platform here? And then the distribution, I got all the distribution into all of the hotels in New York. So now every tourist that came in, they got my magazine and all the shows were there. And so then that drove that whole economy in entertainment. And so as a family, if you're coming to with your five kids to New York city and all you can afford is one Broadway show, which is the average. Now this changed the game because now you can see a couple off off Broadway shows, a couple off Broadway shows, 
when I started my magazine, I put this little show that no one knew about, um, the Blue Man Group. Teeny little show, way tucked down in New York City, no one knew. And um, I, I, I helped really bloom a lot of shows that no other media would ever even touch because it wasn't Broadway, it wasn't celebrity. Um, and I thought there was a lot of gold in that. So, um, so they saw, A, I was the only one doing it. B, I had created the system. So all I trained all these shows to um, uh, send me all of their information so we could list it and review it. We did reviews, we did editorial, we did listings. Um, but it took, you know, it took a year, year and a half to retrain all of those shows and create a system, a well-oiled system, so that that went into our magazine. Again, this is before the internet. So there was a lot of faxing. <laughs> uh, There's just a lot of, even by mail, you know, so um, you figure out the systems and become a well-oiled machine. And so when you're trying to create a website, create a, a, an, a website that has all of this, but globally, you need systems, which I already figured out. And I had all, all those relationships too. So relationships, I had a brand, I had relationships, I had the systems, um, I had it figured out. And I was the only one doing it. So it, all of that helped. Absolutely. And you, you keep talking about the key is having some of these systems, creating these systems in place to be able to grow and scale and, and work with, in your case, these strategic partnerships that you've got. And so as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're really good at creating the value of it, creating, you know, that the idea, the vision, but then there's this transition between entrepreneur and CEO. We actually have to manage and create systems and processes and put people in the right uh, seats in the bus, so to speak. What does that transition look like? And one of the things that I know you've helped so many entrepreneurs with is kind of that transition from entrepreneur to CEO. What does that look like? And how can you, you know, identify and create these systems? Yes. So I think it's really important that it's an intentional move. You know, I, and I think we have to stay out of the myth that you have to be in business for three or four or five years, or I have to start hit a certain revenue to then become a CEO or call myself a CEO. And what I want to encourage everybody to do is you can start thinking, strategizing, acting, being a CEO way before you put a title to it. It's a way of being way before it is a title. And so mindset is a huge piece of that, that million dollar mindset, how you think, how you run your meetings, how you run your money, how you are acting around your strategy. Um, when you start thinking and being a million dollar CEO, it is very different than a hundred thousand dollar CEO. <laughs> You know, just I what I, here's a 30 day challenge for everybody. Think and act like a million dollar CEO for 30 days. Don't call yourself a CEO. It's just a it's just a challenge, a mindset challenge um, to think and act like a million dollar CEO for 30 days. What it does is it completely elevates and clarifies you. Because as an entrepreneur, we're running around really, really busy. 
You're probably running, you know, 10 different hats. You're pulled in different directions. There's not a lot of time to actually think about strategy, my next move. What's the system I need to build next? What's the hire I need to hire next? Um, And just being so much more clearer in who you're being and what you're doing um, is the first step. Clarity, awareness, mindset, that piece. Um, The second piece is how you manage your your team. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, we like being buddies with our our team. It's, It's fun, you know, whether you have three employees or 10, you know, it's especially that startup Um, I've coached so many startups and that's just, it's like, cool. There might be a keg in the corner, you know, (laughs) like I've been in a lot of startup offices and it's fun. Um, But what happens is you become one of them and you forget you're the CEO with the vision and the strategy and you're actually leading this train. So how you're managing, you're going from a good friend to a great leader. And that's what your business needs. You can still be friendly with your team. I'm not saying that, but we've got to add that great leader. And unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs, they actually have never had any leadership training or coaching or um, education. They don't quite even, if you said, give me 10 elements of great leadership, they might say one or two or three, right? So that like leading your team with intention, focus, clarity, strategy, having staff meetings with agendas, (laughs) Um, you know, hiring with intention and skill sets that you need instead of hiring friends. Um, So, so, you know, there's a lot where we can actually move from good you're doing great, you know, you're doing good already, but let's move to great in our mindset in our team. And then third would be in strategy. Like, what are you doing? Who are you? What is the strategy we're on right now with this business? What's your three month, six month, 12 month, 24 month strategy? Where's this train going? And how are you leading that? Not hoping, not wishing, but like leading everything, every choice, how you spend money, how you're, um, you know, the things that you're doing inside of marketing, inside of systems are all leading the train towards these goals with intention. So those three things I would focus to move from good to great mindset, team, strategy. Mindset, team, strategy. And as we're creating these systems and and, uh, now going more into a leadership role, sometimes we start to notice maybe something's not quite right. How do we you know, make those changes and identify if a system's clearly not working? That's a really good question. Um, because I think a lot of people, even listening, you know, we all have systems in our business. No. Otherwise, we'd be doing everything manually, which we can't do. No. So the first thing I do when I go into a business that says, I know we're losing money, I, I don't quite know where, because we're doing, we're actually doing good. You know, I, I just... I just worked with uh, a business in um, East Coast. They're doing about 25 million. They've been an established business for a while. Um, they're doing fine, but they know they're losing money. 
and they don't know where. And so when I come in and do an audit, the first thing I audit is systems. And the first thing I would ask people to look at is chaos and breakdown. So I have a saying, where there is chaos, there, is, there are no systems. So if you have, let's say your service business and you sell and then you go to deliver right on your service for your, your, your client, your new clients. And there's this like really bumpy weirdness in the first month and it's kind of chaotic and there's like a little bit of breakdowns and we're a little bit of a mess, but we get through it and it's fine. That shows me there is not a well-oiled system around onboarding. You have an onboarding system problem. You should go from sale to your three or four or five steps of onboarding. Onboarding, I can't tell you how passionate I am about a well thought out, well oiled onboarding system. For anybody that has any kind of service at all, you need, even if it's one step, sometimes it's not even multiple steps, but let's onboard our clients into our, you know, into your company. What should they expect? What do they need from you? What do you need from them? You know, I remember, um, you know, as a, as a publicist, um, anybody in mar- like a marketing agency, uh, graphic design, PR, if you're doing any of that for a client, your onboarding is so important because you got to get a lot of information and assets from them in that first month. There needs to be a good 30 days just dedicated to onboarding. And I can't tell you how many people just skip that. And they they try to dive into the client, like dive into the work um, and kind of onboard at the same time, but they don't have this like clear, we have an onboarding system. It's 30 days. This is what we're doing. This is the accomplishment that we want to do in 30 days. This is what we need from you. This is what you need from us. It's a clear system. So that's one way that I look. I look for the breakdowns and I look for the chaos. That's going to show me the lack of a system or a weak system. I like that. Yeah, the chaos is definitely where it is. You all know where it is that are listening right now in your business. There's some departments, some issues, some area of chaos. Maybe it's in the lead generation and the marketing and not being able to track it. Maybe it's in the actual sales process. And it could absolutely be in the onboarding fulfillment process stage of your business if you're in a service-based type business. And throughout all of this, as you know, the CEO, the entrepreneur, someone who's you know putting in, like you said, those 14, 15 hour days and beyond, at some point, there becomes some issues with potential burnout, with not taking care of yourself as the CEO. And it's, we've all kind of taken, you know, faced that at some point. What are some of the strategies? You've helped so many people. And I think yourself, you've gone through this as well. What are some of the, the tips to get that self-care right and avoid that burnout? Absolutely. So I'm very passionate about CEO self-care because I have, I have been coaching entrepreneurs and CEOs for 22 years now. And so many people come to me after something happens. It might be a divorce. It might be a, a disease of some kind, a heart attack. In my case, it was a minor stroke at 28. Oh my um, I mean, when you have something major 
happen in your life, um, it wakes you up and goes, whoa, 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 something has to change. And then they look for the coach, right? And so one of the things that just integrity is one of my highest values. And I love building and scaling businesses. And I love getting people's stories and, and services and products out in the world and helping people win. But I will not do it at the stake of their health or their marriage or their children or the things that you know are important to them. And sometimes we are in an illusion, a myth around, oh, it's just for a week or it's a month or just a couple of months, I'm gonna be in this really you know, hard time. That might be true, but most of the time it's not. It's for a year or two. So we wanna tell ourselves the truth of like, whoa, I am, I'm working 15 hours a day and this is month six of this or two years of this. So honesty and telling on ourselves of like, before something happens, I've got to course correct this. So the thing I, I like is creating a CEO self-care plan, daily, weekly, monthly. And I'm not talking about, oh, I get a massage once a month and I'm good to go. We wouldn't say that about a shower. Yeah, I you know take one shower for the month and I'm good to go. Why are you doing it with your mind, body, and spirit? Our mind, body, and spirit is the fuel, the creativity, the innovation, the leadership of this business, but you're treating it such with, with just carelessly, right? Instead of intentionally. So when I'm working on system strategy and marketing strategy, I also put a self-care strategy in there. I think it's just as important because if we lose the CEO, um, I had a, I had a client. I can't I can't even. I have so many stories about whether it's clients or clients executive teams that have gotten sick. And I'm talking 30s and 40s. We're not talking 60s or 70s. In my case, 20s. But I want to just encourage people. One, you're worth it. Two, you are the most important thing to your business. And if you don't have Daily, weekly, monthly self-care for your mind, your, your body, and your spirit. You are ripping your business off, your investors off, your clients off, because you're not your best. I'm all about your best self, your greatness self. That's where I'm trying to coach people into their greatest self, their greatest leadership. And you can't do that when you're exhausted, getting four hours of sleep drinking every day, uh, partying, you know, not honoring your marriage. Now your marriage has fallen apart and now your home life, what kind of CEO, I don't know about you, but I'm married to a federal agent. I have a daughter who's super busy. I have tons of you know, friends, my, my life with my church, my friends, my network, like I have a lot of social. And if that's all cracking because my marriage is falling apart or I'm sick or I just had a stroke, then how's that going to relay into my business? It's just, it's going to impact it um, poorly. And so here's a distinction. The smallness side of ourselves, our small, smallness mindset says, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm actually fine with four hours of sleep. I'm good with drinking every day. It works for me, right? All these 
things that justify our behavior that actually, when you look at it, it's pulling you off of your greatness and your innovation and your creativity and your leadership. And I want you to play a greatness game where you, your highest version of yourself, what if our highest version of ourselves was leading our business every single day, different business, scaling like that, revenue like that. It's, it's just a different, different game. And we're always winning the game we're playing. And if you're playing a smallness game, you're winning it. And it, sometimes it does feel like winning, but it, you're just winning the wrong game. Yeah, no question. And, and there's so many important value bombs that Dina just dropped on us guys, but a lot of it is just focusing on getting things in order. And, and for, for me personally, I know it's utilizing that calendar, right? That Google calendar on your phone and mapping out, you know, what am I doing this morning, you know, to take care of my body? What am I doing to take care of my mind? What podcast or book am I reading that I'm getting the right mindset? And what am I learning from someone like Dina? Maybe I should be involved in one of her programs. And then I go into and I attack with intentionality, my business. And at the end of the day, there's something else for me. I got to go coach my son's uh, football team. I've got to get ready for that. And then if you're not mapping out your sleep schedule, I mean, uh, that's a way to get uh, run down very quickly and fall apart. And then you're going to let everything fall at that point. So just so many value bombs that Dina dropped for us uh, right there. And, you know, at this point, Dina, I think the audience is listening and learning so much. And they're thinking, well, how can I actually like implement this, go a little bit deeper? Where can they start and, and where can they connect up with you to kind of take that next step? And what are the opportunities where they could work with someone like you and your team? I mean, you've helped so many entrepreneurs actually become CEOs, create value in their business, but not just the business, get their whole life in order. So what's the yeah. next step that they can take? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple uh, free low cost ways. One, if you really are ready to shift your, your self-care piece, I just want to give you a free template. Um, go to amazinggreatness.com and just download my free template. That is a free way today. Now, if you are a client, it's a mandatory, you have to have a self-care plan if you worked with me, but I want to give you this free so you can do it on your own, fill in the daily, weekly, monthly, and it's a little accountability template. So amazinggreatness.com there. And then my book, $10, and it will shift, it will help you shift any smallness that is just lingering in your leadership, your mindset, your strategy. And it'll help you start to make moves over to playing greatness games. So the greatness game is over at Amazon. Just put it into the search, $10, the easiest thing that you can do to start tomorrow. And then um, I can be you set up a consultation with me um, on my schedule. It's right on my website, Dina Patton, D-E-N-A, Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N.com. And um set up a consultation. We can talk through what are the struggles in your business? What are the goals? You know, my, my biggest thing is helping people like double dream bigger, much bigger than they're already dreaming and getting them there. Um, so we can talk, see if we're fit to work together. If not, I have great referrals. If so, I'll, you know, share with you how we can work together. But Thank you for having me because I, I just love, you know, this, the, all the conversation that we had about systems, 
Don't forget about the, the sales system, onboarding system. Two of the most important systems you need in your business is get those done. Um, self-care, mindset, all my favorite stuff. So thank you for great questions and some of my favorite conversations. Guys, as always, we end these podcasts with action. This is not a passive learning podcast where we learn cool things and we don't do anything about it. We must take action. So make sure you guys go to Dina Patton. That's D-E-N-A-P-A-T-T-O-N.com, dinapatton.com. She's got those amazing uh, downloads. Her book is very affordable. It's got a bunch of five-star reviews on Amazon. The Greatness Game, I'm downloading it uh, right now. And I'm going to get a physical copy as well. Take action, learn more. And then, my goodness, are you kidding me? You can actually do a, a free consultation with someone like Dina who's built empires before. I mean, the beginning of her career, she goes from uh, zero to 70,000 uh, members and subscribers You know, with that uh, company she built and, and sold. And, and from there, the last two decades, she's been helping entre entrepreneurs become CEOs and create businesses of value, get your life in order. So take action, go to dinapatton.com. Adina, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.